back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Singer, Aaron, and my co-host, IFBB Bikini Pro, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? The rise of Bakari Mubarak, Juan Morel leaves Palumbo and skips the O, Phoenix Pro canceled, happy birthday to Jay Cutler, the IFBB Tampa Pro, and much more on this week's episode of Access Bodybuilding. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. Um, so let's start off right with these stories, Christina. Uh, we're going to knock this one right out. The rise of Fakari Mubarak. Now, just a few years ago, um, the contest prep guru, I don't know what you'd say, the the horizon, we didn't even really see Fakari on the horizon. He was not a, a big player. You know, he he was somebody out there, you know, probably at the level of somebody like a PJ Braun. You know, I knew about him, but he didn't coach a lot of pros. He may not have even coached any pros a few years ago. And uh, slowly he started to creep up. You know, he, uh, he, I think he had a column in MD and then recently switched over to Flex. And uh, I guess because of that association, he has been uh, more visible. And now he's getting a lot of athletes switching over to work with him. You with me? Yep, I'm here. So I didn't they, hear the last part so, of what you said. So the, um, the, the he's got a lot of people that have uh, switched over to him lately. Well, I know that Guy Cicernino's worked with him, and that's the first that I really started to hear about him kind of rising up a little more when um, when Guy switched over to work with him. And, you know, he was talking to Mike about his diet and this and that, how, you know, Fockery does things a little bit differently than some of the other coaches do. So that was kind of the first that I really started hearing of, about him a lot more was when, you know, Guy Cicernino switched over to use him. Yeah, John De La Rosa is one of his clients. He's getting a lot of those uh, North the the. Uh, northeast guys up in that area, like the tri-state area. Is that where he's? Uh, is that where he lives? Is that where he's from? Yeah, Jer- Jersey, New York. I know he has a nutrition store up there. Um, he, uh, you know, I think he just built a new one. Um, it's, uh, it seems like he's doing really good business, and he seems to be helping a lot of guys who seem to be very satisfied with him. I just talked to Fuad Abiyad recently, and uh, in, in when he was down here at the Southern States, and he said he had switched over to uh, Fakri and um, and was loving it. That said that uh, that uh, he has already made a lot of progress under him, and that he's very happy with it. You know, it's interesting because um, Fuad brings up Fuad is a good example of somebody who switched a lot. You know, he originally was with Chad Nichols. He switched to Hadi Rambod, switched back to Chad Nichols, and now is with Fakri Mubarak. This is all in the space of four years. Um, what do you think about when athletes switch back and forth and back and forth like that? Is this a bi- bad thing for the sport or a good thing for the athletes? What do you think? I don't know. I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I think it depends on if they're successful or not with their current coach. You know, I don't think, um, I, I think if who you're working with is, is working and you're winning every show and you're looking the best you could ever look every single time around, then by all means, don't fix it if it's not broken, right? But I think if you're not 100% comfortable, if you want to try something different, I, I don't know. I, I think it's okay to switch and go elsewhere to try something new. I know each coach has their own theories, um, has their own methods, has their own ideas even when it comes to drugs. So I think um, switching to try something else is a good idea. I don't know about going back and forth and back and forth between you know this one, this one, this one, this one, because then it you know, maybe puts the coaches in an awkward position when you know it, it, we're all supposed to be kind of on the same on the same page here. But if you're going from like Chad to George Ferrer to Chris Aceto back to Chad back to Chris Aceto back to George Ferrer, I think that may make things awkward a little bit. Um, right. But I, I don't know. I really don't think there's anything wrong as long as I mean. This is how I look at it. The bodybuilder, the the athlete, it's his body, 
right? He can do whatever he wishes, whether it's working with this guy or the next guy. So I think it's finding someone that can fit your mold and can fit exactly what you want. Um, but I don't like the idea of going back and forth and back and forth, like you said, but I think it's okay to switch, personally. What do you think? Um, I think that it's interesting. The, one of the interesting points in that is if you're not successful. What I find confusing is people, when they are successful, that switch. Like, Fuad Abiyad had a good year last year and yet decided to switch. And, um, you know, I think that that is uh, when it's strange. Like, you know, um, I'll give you an example of some reasoning that does make some sense to me. Somebody like a, a, a Ben Pakulski, who is somebody who's a seeker of knowledge. You know, he doesn't really necessarily want somebody to tell him what to do, but he feels like maybe this That's guy alert. has more to teach him so he can learn from this guy or this guy. Sure. But when you go from coach to coach and, and you're having a lot of success, like our next story, Juan Morrell, Juan Morrell has had probably as good a year as any, uh, almost any pro bodybuilder uh, ever. You know what I mean? Other than like a Phil Heath and some of these uh, extraordinary, uh, you know, success stories sure. in men's pro bodybuilding to place top five at the New York Pro, extremely competitive lineup, and then win your next pro show all in one year, qualify for the Olympia in a year that's extremely hard to qualify this year. We're going to miss out. We'll talk about that in the Tampa Bay story, but we're going to miss out. A lot of these guys, uh, like maybe like a Jason Ha, maybe even, you know, some some very good guys are, gonna, are not going to be in the lineup, like a Troy Alves possibly. We're going to be missing a lot of good guys, and he had an opportunity to do that because he worked with Dave, um, yet he deciding to switch and try to, and actually, interestingly enough, work with Fakhri Mubarak. Um, so when you have that much success, what drives an athlete to switch anyway? Yeah, see, that's the one thing I don't get. That's why I'm assuming it goes a little deeper than just wanting to try something different. You know, um, depends on the type of relationship they may have with the coach. I mean, even just in our experience dealing with clients, some competitors and some athletes want 100% of your attention. You know, they want you to hold your hand, text them every, every single day and check up on them. There are other people who are just like, you know, send me your diet. I'll, I'll check in once a week and I'll text you when I got a question. So um, not that I'm saying that's the reason why he wanted to leave Dave and then go elsewhere. But I think there are a lot of other reasons and a lot of other needs that some bodybuilders have that they may not be fulfilled. Um, those needs may not be met working with a specific coach. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things with all the gurus and all the diet coaches and things like that. Um, I don't ever think there's hard feelings between any of them when people go from one coach to the next because basically that's the business that we're in. You know, it would be a shitty business if everybody stayed with the same coach all the time. <laughs> Nobody would really make a whole lot of money that way. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, now, let's um, move on. I'm, I'm, we're moving on, really, to continuing with Juan Morel. And I'm, Juan, I know you might be listening. I'm not picking on you, buddy. But uh, you decided to skip the O. And uh, skipping the O when you, uh, when you qualify at this, at this stage of the game with what's going on now, we're not going to see. A friend of mine told me that last year they, um, that you know, everybody qualifying, the reason he didn't like it was what he calls the Mark Lavoie rule. And if you remember, the Canadian guy, Mark Lavoie, uh, who got his pro card as an over 40 guy at like North Americans or something. He qualified for the Olympia because at a, at a week show, like in Spain or something, I don't even know where, he got third place and he qualified. So he calls that the Mark Lavoie rule. And um, ah. basically, he doesn't believe, and I mean, when you put it that way, I don't believe Mark Lavoie should be in the Olympia, you know? And, uh, and so now he's not. So it's much di- more difficult. We're going to have about 20 guys at the Olympia this year instead of about 30 guys almost. So right. there are going to be considerably less guys. 
And Juan Morel is basically opting out of his uh, one in twenty shot, you know. And uh, I, before I even give my opinion, I'll let you give yours. What do you think of Juan deciding to to skip it this year? I think that's oh, it's a tough thing. It's just like with the recent, you know, uh, Keith Williams turning pro as a master. You know, it's people thinking that they maybe don't deserve it, or they do, or whether it's right or wrong. I think it's completely up to him if he wants to do it or not. If I was in that situation, and I think if a lot of guys are in that situation, they would go for it um, just because you, who knows when you'll have another chance to be on the Olympia stage again, especially now that the rules have changed. Um, at the same token, you got to think that, you know, if he would have the same attitude about it, if he was one of the five guys that got points, right? Is that also not considered a prestigious enough way to qualify? Um, so I, I think it's, number one, 100% up to him. And I'm not going to judge anybody. If they don't want to do it, they certainly don't have to. But um, I think most people in that situation would go ahead and do it because it could be the last time they're able to do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you know, I have a pretty strong opinion on this one. Um, I, I know Juan's logic, at least what Flex Magazine said. I'm not calling Juan over these type of things. So, um, you know, what he said or what they quoted him on Flex Magazine was that um, he doesn't want to do a show where he can't win. He wants to do the big show when he thinks he can do more than just show up and, and you know, look as best he can, you know. Um, which, like, that makes some sense. But also, on the other hand... That's like saying you qualified for the Olympics, but you know what? You're not. You're probably not going to win, so you know I'm not going to go to the Olympics. You know, no big deal, right? Well, because I, I think even you know even bring up the Olympics thing, it's being able to go in and show everyone that you deserve to be up there, that you look good enough, and you can shock some people. Like, holy shit, did you see that guy? Like, where the hell did he come from? He looks ten times better than he's ever looked. Sure, if he gets, even though you know you're not going to win, yeah, yeah, even if you're not going to win, you can smoke some people in the hurdles. You're not going to win. You're not going to medal, but people are going to notice you and you know, uh, you know, call you out and be like, "Oh my god! Like, where the hell did you come from? You look, you look incredible. You did amazing." So I think, um, you know, I understand that logic though, because that's the whole point of even going into any pro show. You're going in to win. You're not going into, "Oh yeah, I'm happy with the fifth place." Everybody wants to go in for victory, but I think, um, you know, other people in his situation would just be happy to be up there. You know, um, I think, um, I think that. That Juan, by not doing it, you know, he he is obviously giving an, an opportunity that other people would would love to have, and uh, you know, I just think I just think that I hope that Juan doesn't look back on it and regret it in the future, you know, because like like Juan most likely will qualify again. He's a very good bodybuilder, but there's also always the possibility that something unforeseen will happen, an injury. I mean, look what just happened to his buddy Victor Martinez. You know what I mean? He and and uh, that could have been went really, really wrong. You know, he could have never competed again. He could have went to federal prison for all for sure. all the stuff we were talking. And then he would never he would never have had an opportunity if he was Juan Morel. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Just it's to me, it seems like skipping an opportunity to make. To, I, look, this is also a thing. Is I'm a huge bodybuilding fan, and so to me, that's making history. To get on sure. the Olympia stage, that is that is a mark on history, bodybuilding history, which is the thing that he's a pro in. So to give up the opportunity to make history, even if it's not to win, he's going to be that that you know seventh place, eighth place, tenth place, twelfth place will be forever. You know, especially when you don't know. There's no guarantee now that you're going to be able to be up there again. Exactly, and that's how I look at it. You know, if you don't win and if you don't compete enough with the other guys to get to get points, you know, this is this is your kind of your one shot. 
um, you know it's a guarantee for you to be up there this time. Um, that's how I would look at it. You know, that um, take every chance you can because now, especially with the way the rules are changing, um, you may not get another shot at it, you know? You got to be strategic with the shows you choose. That's for sure. There's shows like if Juan did these Dallas and Tampa shows, you know, not not that I'm a Juan, a Juan doubter by any means, but Juan would not win in, uh, in Dallas and Tampa. Um, so if even at Juan at his best, if he would have done those two shows, he might not even make top three at either one of them. So, um, you know, that's just a matter of picking the right show. So that, I guess that's where I'm at. If I were one, I would do it. It sounds like if you were one, you would do it too. Yes, I would. Uh, now, obviously, I wish like, I could just take his place. Is there a way that we <laughs> that's what I'm saying. need to be like, hey, so Juan's not going to do it. Can we have this, this other bikini chick come on? Because she's worked hard too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's right. You want to host some radio shows, Juan? I'll, I'll compete. I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, next on the list is the Phoenix Pro Show um, has been canceled. Now, this uh, this promoter, Stryker Solomon, uh, if you remember last year, there was a lot of, it was a really poor sh- turnout. A lot of pros ended up not doing it. Uh, the women's physique division had a, had a bunch of people. But the show itself, everybody was saying the guy didn't have the money. It, it was going to be canceled. And so the show actually did very poorly. You know, they did not have a lot of tickets sold. I heard there were only 50 people at the night show. Um, uh, I, it seemed like there were more than that. This is the show that I did last year, and I qualified there. And yeah. I feel like there were more There were more people. But um, it How wasn't... How many people? It, it, it 100 people? Huh? 100 people? Yeah, maybe maybe 150. I mean, it wasn't... Um, <laughs> That's pretty shitty. Okay. That's yeah, pretty- I know. I know. But the problem is, too, when you don't pair it with an amateur show i don't think there was an amateur show with it it's tough when you don't pair it like a pro-am um unless you're unless it's a big big show you know it's really tough to get people to come out to those pro shows unless you know i think it was um who was from there troy alves was from there i believe he he did the show um so of course there's a lot of people there for him and there was another gal another girl i think from phoenix he didn't he didn't promote it well no, and that's the other that's the other problem. So it's tough when you when you're only doing a pro show by itself. It's tough to get the crowd to come out because it's also because the tickets are expensive. You know, you're not yeah, paying well, thirty bucks for night show tickets. That's just the thing, though. If if that you know, he it's not like he's surprised by that. You know, that is a a fact that you need to be aware of before you decide sure, to promote sure. a pro show. You need to figure out a way to promote your show to make it profitable. He has a very nice venue in Phoenix. I know oh, you've yeah. been there. It's very nice. Um, so the part of the equation and the mathematics that need to be done is I need to sell these many tickets. I need this and this. I need this many sponsors, et cetera, et cetera, to break even or make money or however much money he wants to try to make. So like if he you know did nothing, he can expect not much back. And uh, I don't think that he did very much this year. I don't think he did very much last year. And 150 people at a pro show is a dismal failure. You know, he lost a lot of money. Sure, sure. Um, so this year... Uh, I am at Junior Nationals, and one of the people that's working with him comes up to me and says, oh, I want to make sure you're coming to the September 1st Phoenix Pro Show. It is definitely on. The money's in. Everything is 100%. Uh, we want RX Muscle on the on the uh, website. We want you to cover the show, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, good, you know? And, uh, you know, it was on the schedule and everything. And uh, earlier this week, I find out that it's been canceled, incidentally, after we already booked hotel rooms and plane tickets and everything. So, um you know, the truth is, it, it doesn't. It's not bad for me at all. I, I could care less if I go to the show. You know, but what makes me feel bad for is the athletes because 
Um, this is like the last chance saloon. You know, there's no other chances to qualify. Tijuana doesn't exist. So this is the opportunity for people to qualify. And uh, there's a lot of guys left that need to qualify that are not on the points list, that will not make it that way uh, between Dallas and Tampa, who are good, who are going to miss their opportunity because of this, because it didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah, you know, it just sucks because it's one less chance for these people to qualify when they're banking on that and getting ready for it and then to be told... You know, at, the, at this point, that's not happening. I mean, that's a kind of a big, kind of a big shock to someone who's preparing for it, and you're just now finding out that, oh, well, I guess uh, this is not going to happen. Well, let's look at let's look at Jason Huh. Jason Huh. Okay. Um, let's say Tony Freeman wins in Tampa, or, or Sean Roden wins in Tampa, and he places third or fourth, and then in Dallas, he comes in and places and uh, and places third or fourth again to. Tony or Sean or whoever else, Hita Totter or something like that. He, he's done. He's not going to make the points list, and he's not going to. Uh, he's not going to beat all these guys that are in front of him, like Fred Smalls, John De La Rosa, Ben Pakowski. Right. So now he's screwed. You know what I mean? He's he's done because of this show. So he could have went on to that show, and because of the points, even if he didn't win, if he placed in the top three, he's going to make the points list, and he'll be put over one of those guys. Right. Exactly. It's tough. I know. Yeah, it sucks. I mean. Uh, especially, you know, you, you put out the money, uh, you put out the uh, the effort and everything, and then it doesn't Have you happen. spoken to Stryker at all? No, he's not able. You can't get in touch with him. I saw him at the USA's, and he promised me everything was 100%. I sat next to him. Gotcha. So, look, I think it's safe to say Stryker Solomon will never be promoting another show with IFBB or MPC again at this point. I think probably not. Not not after this many times with this many issues. I'm, no. I'm probably not. I can almost... I mean, you never, you never could say 100% no in bodybuilding, because... If he ends up like inheriting a few million dollars, you know anything's possible. But <laughs> at this point, I would say it's uh, it's very very unlikely. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Um, let's take a quick commercial break, Christina, and we'll be back in just a moment. P twenty eight high protein bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals, or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the one hundred percent natural P twenty eight high protein bread. P twenty eight high protein bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product packed with whey protein isolate, fourteen grams of protein per slice, twelve grams of carbs, eight essential amino acids, and made with one hundred percent whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P twenty eight. Order today at highproteinbread.com. P twenty eight is also now available at bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. Highproteinbread.com. P28 Bread. RX Muscle approved. So are you from Australia paying far too much for supplements with the inflating weigh in amino prices? Why not check out the all-new RX Muscle Australia for the latest Australian and worldwide content and coverage. While you're there, check out Bulk Nutrient Supplement Store, the official supplement store for RX Muscle Australia. You can visit Bulk Nutrients at bulknutrients.com.au, your one-stop shop. And also check out the all-new rxmuscle.com.au. RX Muscle Australia, the truth in Australia. In bodybuilding. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements on the market. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling pro-anabolics. Methadrol Extreme, Super DMZ RX, Cytostain RX, and E-Control RX with 6OXO. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're 
missing, visit IronMagLabs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up-to-the-minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, Rx Muscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. All right, Christina, we are back. Access Bodybuilding. And um, the next on our list is Happy Birthday, Jay Cutler, who turns 39 years old um, this past weekend. Uh, he was in San Diego, California for the 619 Muscle Bash. Uh, do you see any of those pictures? I have not. I've been living in a bubble for the last few days, so I have not seen any photos. Did he? Did he party it up pretty good? I don't think so. I don't think. So. <laughs> I don't think he. Uh, maybe you never know with Jay. I mean, uh, at the six one nine muscle bash, he didn't. It looked like he was. Just, he goes every year and kind of hangs out, signs autographs. Six one nine muscle is owned by Pete Ciccone, uh, who plays fifth at the USA is in the uh, light heavyweight class or fourth, maybe fourth or fifth. And uh, he goes out there every year and kind of hangs out and. Uh, Looks like he was having a good time. He definitely doesn't look like he'll be competing by any means. People are still speculating on the boards. Will Jay be competing? Won't he be competing? They're showing pictures of him. No, pretty, no. Pretty no, freaking no. obvious he's not competing. He's not going to. Yeah, he's not competing. Um, but uh, he looks like he's having a good time. I'm sure I'm sure uh, Jay likes to party. I'm sure he was doing some partying for his 39 year, not 39th birthday. Do you think he looks 39? Or does, do you think he looks older or younger? That's an interesting question. You know, when he is... He is back to bigger again right now. He's probably 280 or so. So um, I think that he, when he was skinnier, when he was in the 250s, he definitely looked younger. Now he looks about his age, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's looking about about 39. I think he looks good for 39. Yeah, his, skin, his skin is good. He doesn't have wrinkles, all that. But I think he looks about, you know, late 30s, which is good. Men, men look better as they get older, right? I don't know. If you say so. <laughs> he the looks good though. I mean, he says so, Aaron. What do you mean? Just to me, men men age gracefully. It's us women that age poorly. Well, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, I think I think that he looks good. I mean, I think that he is uh, he is aging well. And uh, I guess that leads us to the next question. Say Jay competes next year. How many years does he have left? Hmm. How many do I think he has left, or how many do I think of those ones he has left, will he compete? Um, I'll give him another, like, I think he'll only compete maybe another year, honestly. And how long could he go if he wanted to keep going? Well, I think he could go another three or four. Yeah? Yeah, but I, I mean, without beating up his body too much, and he's been pretty smart thus far, he doesn't look like... You know he's he's ruined his his body completely. He doesn't look like a haggard bodybuilder by any means. I think he could have a few more years, but I don't know that he would do it. Being such a businessman and having all these other ventures out there, I don't know that he would actually do it. Though you know, I, yeah. As as I've said before, he's coming back to beat Phil Heath, and uh, and it's not about the money. I don't think that um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, the only way I see him competing more than one more year is if he comes in and it's really close and he gets second place. You know? Yes. Then I think he may come back. Like if everybody is telling him he should have won and, you know, it's like the judges and everybody says it was really close and all the media says it's close, I could see him being like, oh, I'm going to try one more time, you know? Yeah, that could be it. Although you kind of want to go out with a bang. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't, I don't know if it would really be a bang at second place again. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. So I don't know if he would even want to come back in the first place. 
to run the risk of another second place. You know what I mean? Oh, I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back. I, I totally believe that now. I still gotta find that uh, that show where I bet you that he was not gonna compete. You gotta and you find he, it. Either you gotta, gotta find it or you gotta contact Kurt James to search it out. He'll do it if you contact him. I'm gonna do it. I gotta do it. You probably owe me fifty bucks or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the Tampa Pro Show, which is a, a big, tremendous big show. Tremendous show. Big show. Um, uh, would you say? I think that this may be. I, I've been thinking about it. Like, how does it compare? to the Arnold and uh, because it's definitely the biggest non-tier one show of the year so far there's no question about that yes you're um, correct so comparing it to the Arnold what is a more interesting lineup the Pro Body Milling Weekly show or the Arnold Classic this year a more interesting lineup yeah which more is a, is a bigger deal to the fans I mean if uh, I mean the Arnold obviously is bigger because it's the Arnold like take that away from it you look at the lineup which more interesting I don't know It's uh, to me it's very close For me, personally, I would think that Tampa is a little more interesting because you don't have anybody that you're like, oh, yeah, it's an easy one. It's not like a Kai Green's walking in. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Very true. We we have no real favorites at all. Yeah. You've got like Tony Freeman, who, of course, would be up there. I mean, I saw Sean Roden at Dexter Jackson's uh, show this past weekend. He looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I saw Lee Banks there. He looks good. Um, I mean, there, there's plenty of guys. Hidetata, of course, you know, usually looks looks good. You have really Winkler. You've got a lot of a lot of good guys, and there's no one that you're like, oh yeah, it's Kai. He's gonna win. You it's- um, you actually got to see Sean. I saw Sean Roden guest pose uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, you saw him last this weekend, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. What did you think? Give me your overall impression. Oh, he looks great. Um, his his guest posing is always is I, I I this is the first time I had seen him in person guest pose. I think I'd seen videos and, and such um in the past, but um he has you know all the lighting is like all choreographed and he's got a whole choreographed. Oh, I, know, I know all that. I, I take all that away. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. I'm just I'm I'm leading up, Aaron. Give me a minute. I'm le- I'm leading up. Damn it. Go. go. <laughs> um. Tell us so- about his dance moves. He of course can dance as well, but um, you know when when you see him, you know in the shadows, he's he's got such a small waist, you know. And I think it's the fact that he went in hiding like for like a year, no one had heard him or seen him until he came out at what was it Phoenix last year? Yeah, I believe. So almost a year ago, everyone was like, "Oh my god, like where the hell does Sean Roden come from?" And um, I mean, he he looks really really good. Honestly, it's funny. He's one of those guys. I remember when I saw him for the first time ever. Um, I, I believe it was in Phoenix or Dallas last year. I don't hundred percent remember. But when he's got all his clothes on, he doesn't really look that big. It's funny um, when you see him in a t-shirt and sweatpants. You're like, all right, he, he's okay because his arms don't totally fill out the shirts. I don't know if he's just wearing a few sizes too big. Or he looks a lot bigger now. You think he still looks like that to you? Yeah, I think to to me, and I think it's just because I'm spoiled with being with you know a, a bodybuilder twenty four seven that you know it's hard for me to to get away from that you know ginormous look all the time. And it's not that Mike is ginormous, but you know for, for me. It's, it's a little bit different. I have a little skewed view. However, the second he got on stage and the lights all came on after, you know, you saw him in the shadows, he looks big. He's really, really lean. I mean, he could go in there today and compete. Um, and knowing that he still had a whole week left, I think he'll definitely be in the top three. I think that's a guarantee. Um, I think his toughest competition, of course, is Tony Freeman, just from his structure alone and his size alone. That's the... That's the tough thing. Um, I think he's going to be about like ten pounds heavier than he was the last time we saw him on stage. Sean or Tony? Sean. 
Yeah, Sean's looking. I mean, look, Sean got his pro card at two twelve, and he's going to be two forty two to two forty five working with Chris Aceto this time. Yeah, and I think the last time he competed, I think when we saw him a year ago yeah. when when he kind of came back, I think he was like ten pounds less than that. I think he was like two twenty seven to two thirty maybe, and he's going to be yeah close to ten pounds more than that. Or over ten pounds, over ten yep. pounds. If you look at it, if that's the truth, it'll be twelve to seventeen pounds bigger. Yeah, he's going to be yeah. a lot. He's going to be a lot bigger. Look, he impressed the hell out of me, and I, I said it. I've said it on the show before. It's that you know, since I saw him in person, he uh, he impressed the hell out of me. Like he looks very flex wheelerish. Now that he got his belly button taken care of, I see Sean Roden. Um, I see Sean Roden going a long way. I see Sean Roden being challenging Phil Heath. Uh, not this year, but eventually that. Should. Yeah, I, I think I think he need a little bit of time for that. He just, I know he's big. He just doesn't have. I mean, he's of course very round. I just don't think he's as round as a as a Phil Heath, you know. And that's the, the downfall because um, Phil has just the most round muscle bellies I think of anyone out there almost. Um, and it's tough to compete with that up top, like with Phil's shoulders and his arms and such. So I think that's the only thing that I, I would personally want to see them next to each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see that comparison to see what Sean would really have to do to be able to you know be up there with those guys. Sean probably needs 20 more pounds. You know, he might be three or yeah. four years. But I, of all the guys that I've seen recently, like, it's tough to look at anybody other than maybe Kai Green uh, or Cedric McMillan. Those are the, like, those are the guys that, of the new crop of guys that are recently out there. Because people always think, and, and me and PJ covered this last week, who can challenge Phil Heath? Because he looks pretty unbeatable at this point. Sure. Uh, and he probably is for this year and maybe for a few years. But eventually, there's going to be some point where he'll stop growing and other people keep growing, you would think, eventually. And somebody will eventually become the main challenger, whether that be Kai Green, uh, Cedric, or maybe Sean Roden. Uh, but those are the guys that I'm looking at as uh, potential challengers. You, you mentioned um, Tony Freeman. Tony Freeman is also working with Fakri Mubarak, by the way, interestingly. Um, and he looks very good in all the pictures he sends me and the pictures I've seen on the internet. But there's he's so like elusive because he'll post just like a picture of his tricep and oblique. You know what I mean? You don't ever see the whole picture, so it's hard for me to tell how Tony is going to look because in those <laughs> pictures he looks cause incredible. Because he's, he's smart, I would do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he posts little stuff. He'll post his oblique, you know, and you're like, whoa, that oblique crazy, you know. <laughs> uh, you're just gonna have him take each, you know, a picture of each body part and then paste it together like kids did with like magazines with like yes. eyes and nose and lips. That's what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, the 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 front runner out of these guys. It's interesting when people when we were looking at this. I'm looking at the list. Who is the front runner? It's interesting because you would think the front runner is either Tony Freeman or Hidetati Yamagishi, who's had right. a lot of success. Or you could even say Brandon Curry is up there in the top three because Brandon Curry has been. Uh, up there right behind Tony Freeman in the last Olympia. But Brandon Curry has been very, very hit or miss. Well, he was very hit at the Olympia. Right. And, uh, right at the Olympia, not the Arnold, at the Olympia. Yeah, he. I think he shocked quite a few people. What, he, like seventh, right? Seventh, right seventh behind, or eighth? Uh, I think he got eighth right behind Tony Freeman. I think he was eighth right behind Tony Freeman. Yeah, I, I think he, he came in and he impressed me because usually, you know, he, he kind of was, okay, he's a little off or he's a little on, and he was very on. I think if he can repeat that, he, he could be up there. I, I really think so, but he's going to have to – it's one of those things. You're not just necessarily judged on who you're standing next to that day and how you look that day. You're also judged against w- what the judges know you can and, and are capable of looking like. He's um, um, 
Brady yeah. Cray is another interesting story because he has no points this year. So if he doesn't win this show or Dallas, he won't be going to the Olympia. Right, right. You know, another guy, a top 10 guy who will not be in the Olympia. I'm very interested to see the week before the Olympia. We'll compare the lists and everything and see who didn't make it because of that, because of the new ruling. Or, it's a bummer. It's there a may bummer. be people that should have made it. You know, there's sure. arguably people that because of the, the the strategy or the bad strategy that went into these guys picking what shows they do, um, we have some people that maybe shouldn't be in there that are, you know, and then some people that should be that aren't. It makes sense. Um, Jason Huh. Uh, we haven't seen him in a while again. Uh, he looks very big and very freaky in some of the pictures I've seen. Will, will uh, Jason Huh be in good enough shape to stand up there next to a Sean Roden? Uh, I just don't think so. I, I hope so. You know, I hope that he can he can bring it together and really shock some people. But uh, if I'm going on track record, I'm going to have to say no. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that he can. And he can kind of fix the the whole um, maybe numbers thing. I know we had talked about before about him trying to come in so much bigger. And I don't think he needs to do that. Um, I think if he can come in and try to be more conditioned and not get wrapped up in the numbers and trying to just be big and sizable, um, I think he could be. I think he could be, you know, up there as well. But just going on track record I'm gonna maybe say no sorry Jason <laughs> um, so Ruley Winkler is a wild card looks bigger than ever if he comes in the New York pro condition he can be up there at the top Keith yep. Williams and uh, Todd Jewell making their pro debuts very interested to see that would you be surprised if he did Tati Yamagishi wins this show uh, he won last year didn't he yeah I, I don't think I would be surprised I think it's possible. Would you be disappointed? Uh, I think a lot of people would be disappointed. I think they'd want to see like a Tony or like a Sean or I don't know, even a Rolly Winkler. I think they'd want to see those guys win personally. But um, I don't think it's out of I don't think it's out of range that Hidatata would win. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. And I would be disappointed. As much as I like Hidatata as a person, one of the nicest guys in pro bodybuilding, I'm just not a fan of the physique. Yeah, and he, he just doesn't have that kind of... He's not a mass monster. No wow like some factor of these other, no Yeah, wow. he's, he's not a mass monster like some of these other guys are, and that is usually what, rou- what wows the crowd and wows the fans. So. Right. Um, I want to just make a few little points and then we're gonna we're gonna end the show but the women's pro bodybuilding is pretty enormous 23 girls at the show um this will be tying them with the chicago show as far as girls for bodybuilding a lot of good girls in there um and then uh the figure we got a bunch of new girls in there i'm interested to see uh some of these new pros like uh sierra blowers is doing it uh who just got her pro car recently uh tanya edison is also she looks pretty good she won and we i picked her out at uh, Junior Nationals. I told Dave just at the weigh-ins, I was like, she's going to be good. And she ended up getting her pro card there. And, hope, uh, hope Davis also turned pro at uh, Junior yeah, Nationals as well. sure did. Hope, hope is very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. She's, she's only like 21 years old, I think, too. Wow. So we're getting, we're getting a pretty good influx of new uh, fear girls. Some, uh, some, some good ones won in, uh, at USA's, too. We have, we're yeah. getting some new good ones. 
There, there's a few, you know, oldies. We've got Jen Strobo and Titoni that are doing it too. I actually interviewed uh, Alicia Hart from Ontario. I interviewed her from Muscle Girls this week. Um, she's one of those girls that she's been in the bottom three and the top three before, depending on the lineup and the show. I think if she can come in tight enough, because she's going to be standing next to Jen Strobo and Titoni, she could she could be pretty good, and she's really pretty too, so that doesn't hurt. Alicia Alicia Hart, very pretty in the face. She needs to figure out what to do with that midsection, though. That's what holds her. She back. used to be a gymnast, and that's that's Very a tough thick. thing. Very yeah, when when you were a gymnast and she did martial arts and all that, it's just you have a a wider waist, and that's the tough thing. Yep. So, um, uh, well, the uh, bikini girls—they got sixteen girls, some good ones there. Nicole Negrani, um, I guess, trying to ramp up for the Olympia. Um, Diana Melaton has been having some success lately, and uh, Diana Graham back in this one. We're just missing. Sorry, uh, you're sorry, Robles. She's been in top three at every single show. Yeah, I think she's, she's done Pittsburgh, New, New York. I think all those. So I think she'll definitely be up there. You know, I think obviously Nicole Negroni probably the favorite to win. Diana Graham, I think she'll probably be up there. Adriana Hill, I think is making a pro debut. Yep. Um, Marcella Tribbin, you know, she's one of those. I think the judges really like her. Very pretty girl from Columbia. Not enough, so, not enough muscle, in my opinion. Not enough muscle, but I think when you're standing up next to some of the other girls who may not have a lot of muscle either, you're, it's probably probably okay. And none of these girls are really known for being big, muscular fi- bikini girls. Um, aside from Diana Graham, who usually comes in pretty hard, but she even said she's trying not to come in as hard this time. So, you don't know. She smaller, too. Or anything. Um, and then uh, finishing off with women's physique. We've got a whole list of women's physique girls here, 19 of them. And I am going to go out there on a limb and say that uh, we're going to see Nola Trimble win her second show. I believe you are correct. <laughs> that's my opinion. You guys check out the a whole long list of these physique girls. So uh, that's it for Access Bodybuilding for the week. When we get back next week, we'll have a bunch of new stories for you, and we can talk a little bit about the Pro Bodybuilding Weekly Tampa Pro Championships, which uh, I will be attending this weekend. And, uh, and then, Christina, I'm off until uh, post-baby. You're off to post-baby. That's exciting. Yep. yep. I'll have uh, three-plus weeks somewhere around there till baby time after, and uh, and then I won't be anywhere till the Olympia. So there you go. Exciting. We are going nowhere this weekend. Um, last weekend, you know, we were at Dexter Jackson's show. I had a great time. So thank you to all of uh, – I met some some Access listeners and everything, so I'm Muscle Girls listeners. So what's up, guys? If I saw you there, it was nice meeting you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we're not doing uh, we're not doing anything, but yeah, I interviewed uh, Alicia Hart for Muscle Girls uh, this week, so check it out. And then Diana's off this week, and I had Gail Auerbach, the editor-in-chief of Arcs Girl. She's sitting in, in the co-host spot, so we're talking about uh, some good – some good shit over there too so come check us out alright All right, Christina that's it for this week uh, you can email Christina at C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at rxmuscle.com or me Jubaka at rxmuscle.com that is it for this week we'll see you next week peace out peace out